0: ASAR Training and Response Podcast. This is episode 20 where we talk with Mike McClure, one of our subject matter experts on elephants and other exotic species.
1: Welcome everybody to the ACER training and response podcast new for 2023. With me today's co-host as always, Carla Lewis. How are you doing this morning?
0: I am great. I'm really excited about 2023 and excited to talk about everything we have coming up and what this year's going to look like for us.
1: Yeah, We've got some exciting topics already boiling up on our radar for 2023, and one of them is the biggest announcement uh, that just rolled out in February here that ASAR Training Response has partnered with Bissell Pet Foundation on a new national initiative called the Animal Incident Management Group. So, of course, it's got to have an acronym because we're part of the government system. And so the AIM group, Animal Incident Management, Um, is going to be a partnership with ASAR and Bissell to bring a comprehensive mission-ready package to disaster planning, training, response, and recovery. And you guys know the depth that we have at ASAR. We not only bring the field teams, the FEMA training, the USAR and task force teams, but we also have this exotic branch that started about six years ago. And it started in a little zoo in Topeka, Kansas. And now, Carla, you head that branch up and talk a little bit about what's going on this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's really taken off in the last couple of years where we have a lot of um, exotic animal facilities. We don't just cater to zoos. Really, anybody out there who needs help with their animals in their collections, we are out there to help them. So, you know, essentially, we're bringing technical rope rescue techniques and equipment to these facilities so that they can effectively use them for their primarily megavertebrates, So our extra large animals, our elephants, our rhinos, giraffe, hippo. Um, but, you know, as we know with large animal rescue, this can be applicable to pretty much anything. So the kind of the sky's the limit. I've been really working with a lot of zoos on you know, just how to effectively move animals during immobilizations and things like that. So we're really excited today because we have brought on one of our subject matter experts, Mike McClure. Mike, why don't you just introduce yourself and a little bit about your background, and we can talk a little bit how you got introduced to ASAR.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, And more than that, thank you so much for being willing to partner with me. Um, I think the the sharing of knowledge and information that we've been we've been able to do is just fantastic, uh, especially when dealing with these large mega vertebrates, because uh, everything is so specialized. Uh, as far as my background goes, it's a long and storied career. Uh, I'll try to give you the highlights. I've been working in zoos for 30 plus years. Um, lots of different species, lots of different opportunities as a keeper, and I've done A lot of stuff from chimps to hippos to farm animals, uh, polar bears, you name it. And early in my career, when I was young and much less uh, mature, we will say I was a bit of a jerk. um, The elephant crew at the zoo that I worked at needed to fill a position and they were a bunch of jerks. So they hired me as a jerk to fill in that role um and i really quickly figured out that i didn't like what was going on in the elephant program it was a long time ago and and there were um there was substandards uh for care and treatment and training and i started working on changing all of that and over the course of that process i reworked that whole elephant program got involved with a lot of uh, professional elephant groups and started expanding my knowledge and my capabilities and and building what I thought should be uh, provided to those animals to make their quality of life better and improve their welfare. Um, Elephants were one of the more amazing species I've ever worked with. They challenge me still to this day. I've been around elephants for over, geez, almost, well, over 25 years at this point um and i know a whole lot less about them now than when i first started with them i thought i knew everything and i love that about them um unfortunately one of the things about them that is challenging is you know how do you manage such a large animal when you have emergencies and when they go down and they need to be assist lifted Um, so that's that's a really big topic especially today in the zoo community as our industry uh, has a lot of animals that are entering that geriatric phase of life um After dealing with elephants for a little while, I got asked to uh, take on the animal department at the Maryland Zoo in Baltimore, and it was a great challenge. And I operated there as general curator for about 15 years, reworking all the animal programs, trying to focus on a team building strategy um, and trying to build systems for pushing skill down to the keeper staff, because for me, those are the people that are closest to the problems And those are the ones that are going to come up with the solutions and they need the skills to be able to do it. Um, After doing that for a long time, I felt like I had achieved my goals. And just at the end of last year, I stepped away from the zoo and went into private practice, so to speak. So now I'm an independent contractor and I provide uh, coaching and support services for zoos. I work with elephant programs. I do zoo operations. Um, I work with professional groups like yourselves on uh, specialized problems and do everything from emergency response assessments to recruitment assistance. So that's kind of my background and, and where I am now.
1: Mike, it's great to hear about your background and how we all evolved in the the landscape of the exotic animal field, because when we started in our infancy back in a small zoo in Topeka, Kansas, um, you know, we were always in the mode of learning because, yes, we could we could do technical rigging, but if somebody told me 10 years ago we were going to pick up an elephant or a rhino, um, <laughs> I would have laughed. And, and today I still look back at it and I'm like, man, how did we even do this? And your name was known to us before we even met you and as we went from zoo to zoo and had different experiences we kept hearing man you guys got to connect with mike mcclure you know he's an expert in, in elephant foot care and behavior and he's had to do some rescues over at maryland and he's been ad hoc in this together and having some great success so we were excited to finally get to connect with you and of course once we started training with your crew, we already saw the professionalism that you had instilled in them and the safety aspects. And and you had figured out on the fly... Hey, this is probably going to work. And, and that's, you know, how we talk at Ace Hour. We never say we have the silver bullet. We're going to go with the plan that we think has the highest probability of success, but know that it could go sideways at any point in time and we'll pivot as needed. So can you talk a little bit about how your rescue, technical rescue needs and, and requirements came to fruition at Maryland?
2: yeah well, first of all, thank you for that. That's a very flattering description of me, and I'm, I'm not sure I believe all of it, but I appreciate it. Um, and I would just say that you know i I had a similar experience with working with you. I had heard all about what you know your organization and the two of you in particular had been doing um, long before we crossed paths, and it was really uh, a great experience to cross paths with Carla in uh, a zoo workshop in Ohio. And the thing that was interesting to me is, you know, she and I talked a little bit about some of what I had done. And obviously, I was there learning what you all do. And I think, Carla, you probably remember better than I do. But the comment you made was, you know, I was describing some of what I had accomplished and I didn't have the technical terms for it. You know, I was just like, well, you know, the elephant was in this position or the rhino was like this. And the physics of it made sense to me to be able to do X, Y and Z. And then, you know, after that, we did it and got them up and were able to roll them. And you looked at me and you were like, well, you you parbuckled them. <laughs> and and I was like, what the hell is a par buckle? You know, and, and then immediately went and did my research. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's great to cross paths with you guys and see what you bring to the table as well and be able to merge that knowledge, you know, and, and put the two things together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because I've had this experience over and over with multiple zoos. I think a lot of them are actually doing some of these techniques and procedures already and just not knowing that there's this whole technical rescue realm that can increase their their safety and efficiency for doing these types of things. So I think that's where I've been getting really excited every time I talk to a new zoo is expanding their knowledge they're expanding my knowledge with the um, physiology of the animals and what we're looking for and what we're trying to do Um, when you're trying to uh parbuckle or roll a hippopotamus it's a lot different (laughs) than a rhinoceros so you know all of these things every time we're out there able to get hands-on animals or or view things or view tapes of zoos that have done some of these procedures Every time we learn something new from each other, so that's why this is just really taking off. And I think this combination of the zoo field and technical rescue um, is only going to benefit the animals more.
2: To answer your question a little bit, Eric, uh, a little bit more, how I got you know started on this stuff. Um, you mentioned that I I do foot management. Um, a lot of that stuff is just biomechanics. You know, it's how does the animal's anatomy align to perform different functions and tasks, right? And you have to have a strong awareness of that when you're doing a lift, so you know how the animal's gonna respond to the rigging, to the mechanical uh, force that you're applying to them in order to assist them. Um, So I had always sort of had an eye on that stuff, but the way that I got more involved in it is I was really fortunate to be uh, allowed to become an instructor for the AZA, the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, Principles of Elephant Management class, and i got to work with some really remarkable people who have far more experience than i do and and in my opinion are they're all the people i want to be like when i grow up Um, and they had some really good and and broad experiences with these kinds of unique circumstances and things so i learned alongside them and then when i you know was faced with emergency challenges in my role at maryland zoo it was, I won't say it was easy, but it was natural to apply some of these principles that I had learned and then marry them up with my understanding of physics and biomechanics and produce successful outcomes in what I would probably describe as less than ideal conditions in some of these lifts that I've done.
1: Without a doubt. And and that ability to translate all that and bring it together, uh, is so unique to you. And, and I think that's exactly why you're a great fit for the ASAR training and response platform with your business. Uh, as everybody knows here, the podcast, you've listened long enough that the platform is there to showcase subject matter experts in their own fields. And we work as that network group to, to offer those, you know, connect people with those experts. And Mike, one of the things that you said in your services was planning for the zoos and helping them uh, not only with animal husbandry issues but also just you know for general staff applications and training Uh, and those types of things and as we build out this animal incident management group nationally um, zoos will be a part of that conversation our exotic animal partners whether they're a private collection or whether they are a zoo um, in some fashion are going to be part of that emergency management planning process and we needed people continue to need people like yourself um, that can relate those experiences uh, as we build those those different planning standards, but it doesn't just translate here in the United States. Um, You do a lot of international work also. Can you talk to us about that?
2: Yeah, um, I've been partnering with a couple of different groups on projects, uh, one in Africa and one most recently in Nepal. And I was working with the Katie Adamson Conservation Fund to go over and do an elephant health camp in Nepal, uh, in Chitwan National Forest, just right before Thanksgiving, and one of the things that stood out—I mean, we were over there working on um, privately owned elephants in the forest that are used for ecotourism—and you know, we were, of course, doing a lot of health assessments, and I was doing a lot of uh, foot assessments and and uh, conveying some knowledge, and also learning a lot. You know, those folks are experts in what they do too, and and we got a lot from them. Uh, but one of the things that stood out to me after having done the training uh, with you and Carla at Maryland Zoo was that they could really benefit from having some equipment over there that would allow them to be able to better respond to emergencies with these animals. Um, most of the animals that we worked on were older animals starting to again, and during the, that geriatric phase, and joint function foot function um all of that is starting to deteriorate and that's you know that's what happens to all of us mammals as we you know reach those points of degeneration in our our tissues and in our cells and it would be fantastic to partner with you and and bring some of those skills and some of the equipment, of course, over there as well for them to be able to take advantage of. So that's that's the kind of stuff I'm looking at in uh, different settings and trying to get some of that work in place.
0: Yeah, Mike, I think we're really excited about opportunities internationally for, for the things we can do. It's something we've been talking about for several years now, how we can Prepare these packages for for these countries where some of this equipment isn't readily available, and things that we can make um, compact and easy for them to carry around that can um, help them with animals that are down, animals stuck in the mud. Uh, so mm-hmm. those are things we're definitely going to be talking about in the future.
2: Yeah, and I think having the you know somebody that has the connections over there, like the group that I worked with, uh, gives you an advantage because there will be central staging. Locations. Uh, for instance, in Nepal, in Chitwan, uh, we work with the, uh, the governmental body that has a veterinary hospital, an animal management facility, and they actually have several government owned elephants on that property. Um, one of them was 80 plus years old. It was wow. crazy. How, oh my. How it was. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, it, was, it was pretty cool because to me, that was a, a ready made location where you could stage some of that equipment. And you could also host trainings for people to come and all participate right there with the equipment, and it would be a safe spot because that's that's always one of the challenges in your you know working internationally because sometimes you uh, fund projects and you supply equipment, you come back a year later and it's you know half of it's missing or mm. it's been stored outside in the rain and it's all ruined. So having that central spot has to be part of the strategy, um, not just taking it over there and, and handing it off. Yeah,
1: we've had lots of conversations lately with other international partners um, dealing with different circumstances across the world and uh, whether it be drought stricken areas where uh, animals are getting caught in mud holes or, you know, whether we're in in underserved areas of the world that are just using their animals for infrastructure and need some sort of support in that regional aspect. Where a veterinarian can oversee uh, some of that gear cache really seems to be a popular model. One of the things that we're doing coming up here uh, in a couple of weeks at uh, a Florida training is we've been asked by a uh, Kenya Wildlife Service and they're working with Save Giraffes now, uh, but they want some ideas of how to rescue animals out of the mud just by using the gear that they carry on their trucks. So we're not going to be able to ship over a large host frame or a sling. Um, We're going to have to help them develop, you know, artificial high points off their vehicle or, you know, what can you do with a jack or what can you do with these chains besides throw around the neck and pull hard. Uh, so we're actually gonna play with some ideas where we engage what they already naturally have. And maybe all we have to add is is a picket anchor system and some rope and and some pulleys and might be able to uh, really give them more opportunities or a toolkit to, to rescue different species uh, of animals that may be caught in different situations. So I know that's something that we saw in, in your repertoire is being able to look at the situation. and say, okay, it's time to pull out the MacGyver skills. Where's my chewing gum and my safety pin and let's rescue this elephant.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I, I think too, again, it highlights you know the importance of finding the right partners and marrying up these these uh, different job or different uh, knowledge bases because there's you guys are going to have that technical skill, right? So you're going to be able to go in and apply that and look at these situations. And like you said, you're going to MacGyver the hell out of it. But you know your equipment, your skill, how that all works together and and how to you know form a nice synergy with everything you've got. Um, and you can do that in your sleep, I would bet. But then you have somebody who can come in and say, all right, so this is a giraffe. You pull on this end and and too much force, and you're gonna end up torquing the neck on the other end, you know, understanding those biomechanics, understanding, you know, as well how an elephant or a rhino is gonna be fairly aggravated once you do get it out of the mud and how everybody (laughs) needs to have a plan to respond to that you know that stuff is critical and all of it leads to a formula for success if done right and if if the training and the experience is there and I, i love that
0: i just have to run faster than eric (laughs)
2: <laughs> or
1: tripping <laughs> i see how it is that's I, all right there's days that i you know just need to be parbuckled myself
2: and roll me out of bed or off my office chair uh, was So say, without a doubt uh, carla i'll show you how to hobble him right oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great well, we're going to
1: have Mike's uh, profile, a link to his company up on the ASAR Exotics Animal uh, page soon. But Mike, is there anything else you want to share with the listeners today about what you're doing or additional par- partnerships or projects?
2: Yeah, sure. I, I think one thing I would just like to say, and and I think this is super important, it's not quite my partnerships, but... I think safety is something that I really respect you guys for um, the training that you did. I was really blown away by how you made sure everyone had the right equipment, had the right proximities and knew what was going on. And the amount of redundancies you built into the systems to compensate for potential failures in any single part of that system was impressive. Um, and I, I think that's a really fantastic uh, skill and perspective that you guys bring to the table and one thing that i will say that i think is one of the bigger challenges for zoos in regards to that is there's just not the infrastructure in every zoo for safe lifting and proper access to the animals and in regards to some of the services i've been trying to provide that's one of the things people ask me about the most you know they walk me into these barns and they say hey how would you get an elephant up in here how would you get a giraffe out of that corner over there um the ceiling's too low in this rhino barn if we have one go down or we need to do a procedure how would you support that animal Um, and i think again the skills and the equipment that that you bring to the table for those um those instances is really fantastic and it's stuff we didn't have in zoos back when i started and i'm so happy to see it all um so thank you for doing all of that uh and as far as projects and things that i'm working on now man it's really kind of blowing up. I'm getting all kinds of opportunities to do different things. I'm super excited that I get to work with Oregon Zoo right now and I'm, I'm basically a fill-in deputy director slash general curator, which is a lot of fun for me and um, it, it's a nice way to take all the experience I've got and the skills I've got and, and help somebody else take advantage of that. Um, I'm doing some recruitment work at other zoos because zoos right now are having a hard time finding staff. Uh, for high-level positions, but even entry-level positions. It's a big challenge for us after COVID. Uh, And of course, I'm still uh, working with my home zoo, Maryland Zoo. They've got me working with them for a while now on things like AZA accreditation prep, um, transitioning roles in the animal department over to what used to be my manager team to set them up to take the zoo into the future without me at the helm. Um, and just doing all kinds of cool support services and working with groups like yourselves to try and get some knowledge out there and, and help people do what they do and, and do it better and safer.
0: Thank you, Mike. That is really nice to, for you to say that about us. I think that's one of the things when I've been walking into zoos and talking to, to them about um, you know, how they do things, um, safety is one of the big things that, I, that we really push and safety for the animals, safety for the staff, um, and just doing everything Properly so that 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 is one of the key things that we're talking about. And um, we're really excited to work with you in the future on future projects and just um, collaborating on the things that we have going on now.
2: Yeah, I'm excited, too. And and I really appreciate the support you guys give me and looking forward to what we do together.
0: Well, Mike and Eric, it was great to talk to you today. And we're really excited about the future of uh, the ASAR Exotics team and program. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. For more information about Animal Technical Rescue, you can go to www.asartraining.com. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can always subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player.